Welcome to Fabulous Fuckery. I'm your host, Baroness Bree. Fabulous Fuckery is your sophisticated destination for discussion on wellness, dating, family, and blurred life. Come with me while we discuss emerging fabulously in spite of life's fuckery. It's your girl, Baroness Bree. Good afternoon. Today I have with us Ms. Anna Fitzgerald. She's the Muse Writer Center Program Associate, and she holds a degree in art education. She has taught grades K through 12 in multiple settings, including an international school in Costa Rica. Ms. Fitzgerald also has a program called Yeah, which is a youth empowerment through humanities and arts program centered in Nashville, Tennessee. Her Tennessee nonprofit serves youths ages 10 through 17 through summer camps for both all-girl, co-ed, and transgendered inclusive students. Miss, I'm sorry, Miss Fitzgerald, you just first of all blew me away because you have included transgenders in a program before it was even something people understood about. Can you tell me how long sure. this program has been around? So um, I was 19 when I got involved with the Southern Girls Rock and Roll Camp in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where yeah, sort of started. Um, and at the time, the community really needed women to step up and the men around us to encourage us to make music. And so my best friend, Kelly Anderson, founded the camp, and I started teaching there. I taught um, guitar and songwriting. Um, the students have several workshops that are um, including recording their music, recording, uh, screen printing their own t-shirts. I added a music her story class so that they could learn about women throughout um, the times and their involvement in music. And I want to say about 2005, we started noticing our students um, either making a, a transition either way. And we made the decision that, you know, they belong. Everyone belongs. And um, we had already had transgender instructors. And so we just said, this is it. Um, we then started a co-ed camp after that camp had been around for a while and the official nonprofit paperwork, um, was filed later, but it has now been around 17 years. <laughs> Congratulations on that. So, um, but in, I mean, in addition to all of that, you, you went back to school, you got mm -hmm. your master's, um, you are doing some amazing things. You have your master's in it, what, record? Yes, I'm sorry, radio, radio TV, TV, and film? film uh, media studies. And <laughs> that is a blanket okay. statement um, if you are in academia for lots of things. But I did a combination of, I would say, ethnomusicology, um, art history, and I would say multimedia production. So... My, mm -hmm. my degree, um, I designed it to be about the history of concert posters and how music subcultures form. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. it's very, very concentrated. Okay. Well, that sounds really, I, I mean, I'm just thinking about the fact that you wrote a paper on 
concert music posters. It shows that you really do love music and you really are yeah, a fan at heart. Definitely. And um, I just, I just think that's so neat. Like I wish I could tell my parents that I was getting a degree and <laughs> write my paper I on actually, concert posters. I actually got funded hmm? as an undergraduate scholar um, to study just that screen printing and rock and roll um, because we were offering wow. that at our rock camps, and um, and as an art student, art education student, I had to take screen printing, and I was very active in the music scene. So, um, yeah, I I always uh, kind of talk about the fine print of life. There are ways to find money. Mm. There are ways to get what you want to accomplish done, and you just have to search for it, and you also have to let people know about your ideas. And some people come along and help you with that. Um, But one of those was my scholarship program, which eventually ended up funding my graduate research, too, um, called the McNair uh, Fellowship, McNair Scholars, um, Mm -hmm. named after Ronald E. McNair, who died in the the, uh, Challenger. So, yeah, um, (laughs) I am incredibly honored to say that I have been paid many times to study rock and roll and music. (laughs) That is amazing. I'm sorry. I think that is just so cool. Um, Now, I want to talk a little bit because you also, in addition to all of your other fabulosity, you are also a life coach for creative people. (laughs) And that is how I met you through her program card, The Heartbeat Hive. Anna has transformed herself into the queen bee where she is in, you know, encouraging this hive of people to change their thinking, to increase their creativity and be more successful in life. Um, Myself, I mean, you have just helped me to learn more positive thinking, to change my vibrations because when you met me, my vibrations were very low. And um, I just want you to talk about how you came to decide that this was a coaching program for you? Um, I would say there are threads in our lives. And sometimes, you know, during the moment or the season of your life, you pull on that thread. It's just not the right time. And in that case, it becomes a snag. But when Hmm. the time is right and you pull on the thread and you see how far back it goes, you come to the realization that everything has led you to this moment. In my life, I have worked with so many creative people in so many different fields. And then I've also participated in theater, in chorus, in drumline, um, orchestra, visual art, just all kinds of things, acting, <laughs> um, radio I've experienced and been fortunate enough to dive into those areas and oh I even worked at a comedy club so I was in the comedy scene for a while um getting to know how those creatives think and when I was in it it they seemed to be snags you know because I wasn't um I hadn't arrived. (laughs) So every time I would think to myself, wow, you really love what you do. And you love being in this energy of creative people, which now I call the hive. Um, But you're not 
sustained. You haven't quite figured out how to be sustained by those um, experiences. And I'm still learning that. I think we all continue to learn that sustainability part, whether it's money or energy or time. So um, I have advised and been the person that people come to when they want to understand, well, how do I... How do I maximize my time? How do I become more productive? And then some of my friends and people I've worked with is how do I heal myself? How do I stop looking for the mm-hmm. external and find whatever I need inside? So I came to a point where um, I just decided that <laughs> it was time. like. Those, those snags were no longer snags. They were a thread, and I could see all the way back to my experience. Even as a little girl, I, was, I asked for drawing lessons, still life, mind you, still life drawing lessons as my Christmas present when I was eight. <laughs> so Ooh. I was very serious um, about my my passions and I I was very fortunate to have parents who always supported me in that um, so I saw a program that really caught my eye that combined sort of pretty basic quantum mechanics ideas quantum physics ideas and um, a more spiritual side I thought well um, I've got plenty of practical experience I've got plenty of um, real world experience. And then I have, you know, a couple pieces of paper that say I can do things or <laughs> that I've studied this and that. So, um, I wanted to go to that spiritual side and figure out how to combine everything in a harmonious way. And so I went through that 13 month, um, coaching program called the quantum success coaching Academy. And, um, oh. I, just really love bees <laughs> and uh, I used to keep bees on my family farm so I said you know what this is this is for me I'm doing this and I haven't looked back now my question for you is what was it like transforming your life when you decided this was what my goal was what steps do you take to say okay I'm not doing this daytime job anymore I'm going to follow my passion when did you decide to make that transformation um I want to back up and say (laughs) that I have a very different view on whether or not your passion needs to sustain you fully financially I have a, a, a theory that creative people need different stimuli And if they feel trapped in the same stimuli, receiving the same stimuli every day, such as like a cubicle job, their soul begins to wither. And in a neuroscience way, that really is happening because you're using the same patterns and the same pathways in your brain uh, because the stimuli is not different enough. So... I uh, currently work other jobs, and that is something that really helped. Once I came to that conclusion, 
um, it really helped me with understanding that the transition that you're talking about doesn't have to be right away. A lot of people talk about um, jumping, you know, just jump, <laughs> trust the universe. Right. And don't get me wrong, right. I really trust the universe. But I also know that there are practical things that if you did that jump and you got into a stressful situation or in a state of lack, then you would really be hurting. And in that state of lack, you can't be of service to yourself or to others. So with the stimuli, it actually um, kind of relates to creative flow. So mm. in creative flow, diversity of stimuli is one of the biggest um, needs to create flow, to get into flow. Without that diversity of stimuli, your brain cannot make connections, which is called pattern recognition. So um, I have several jobs right now, and my business is open enough to, say, do speaking, to do coaching, to do YouTube, uh, podcast, so, uh, much like yours, um, so that I can get that mm -hmm. stimuli and be doing different things. Um, at nighttime, your brain actually does that pattern recognition in a way, and it also releases um, a stress protein, and there's these cells that go in and clean that protein out at nighttime. So, hmm. <laughs> that was a long way around. Interesting. To make that transition, the first thing you need to do is to accept that it will not happen overnight <laughs> and to decide mm -hmm. what is the stimuli that I want and how do I want to expend my energy. Hey guys, it's your girl Baroness Bree. Save yourself that trip to the market and follow the link in my show notes to my Instacart discount for this week. Instacart delivers groceries in as fast as one hour. I don't know about you, but I had to work overtime yesterday and the last thing I wanted to do was go to the grocery store. Check out Instacart. I like that because you know, a lot of people, we live in the world of social media where everyone is doing well and everyone is living a fantastic life and everyone's driving fancy cars. And it's making it look like these creatives are quitting their day jobs to follow their passions. Some are and Lord bless them. But I appreciate your reality take on the fact that, yes, I do work a couple of jobs, but at night I get to do the things that, that stimulate me and keep me happy and I think that's the most important thing I'm learning that myself I think I was expecting way too much of myself at one point and I was burning myself out and now you say okay I can work my nine to five and then you know do my two-hour transition do my mom life and then I can go in my room and write to my heart's content and if the piece sells a piece sells and if it doesn't I still have a day job that will feed me um if I jump in with both feet, every project is no longer a passion project. It is now a meal ticket. And it will stress me to the point where you don't feel comfortable creating because it's now the job that you loathed in the first yeah. place. Yeah. Um, you know, people ask me, why do you do so many different things? Because um, <laughs> I do. Um, 
but I've, I've been that way a long time. I've always done a lot of different jobs or taken mm-hmm. on odd jobs, even when I had stable, you know, abundant income. And I always look for the advantages. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do now is I work at a restaurant. Um, I can work at any restaurant, but I've been working at the same restaurant because the people there are incredibly creative. There are artists, there are skateboarders, there are musicians, there are singers, there are um, poets. There's just that energy that I like to be around. And um, I like to stay connected Mm -hmm. to them to kind of keep my, you know, my ear out for opportunities that would relate to my coaching or to listen to their problems and apply it to the content that I'm putting out, even if those people never, (laughs) never become clients or, you know, watch my YouTube channel or anything, it doesn't matter to me because I'm there listening and I'm getting paid to be there. So I, (laughs) I really see it as a, a twofer, really. (laughs) It sounds like more of a research Um, project. I used to say that about my more physical jobs, like, oh, you want to pay me to work out? Great. So I think you can always find the good and that's your job. Your job is not to struggle and get through things. Um, your job is to find find the good and how it can work for you. Whether that means that that specific job is a step to another place um, or there's something you need to gain from it. Uh, that's just how I see that. But I think um, hmm. the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. Liz Gilbert. Liz Gilbert, that's right. She has a really good talk on this, if you ever want to look that up. She talks about people with diverse interests mm-hmm. and people who just can't find their passion. Mm-hmm. But they need to be respected, too. Because sometimes those people come into your life and really inspire you. And their job is not to stay in one place. Their job is to pollinate and go around and look at different flowers and comment on how beautiful they are or, you know, encourage and support in those ways. So I really um, enjoyed that talk about passion. She's amazing. She's one of my favorite authors. Um, I've actually quoted her a few times on the podcast. Um, The book Big Magic Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite books. And she just changed the way I looked at art. And it was interesting because around the time I've read that book, I found you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay. And, you know, guys, she's as in as she is right now. Like, Anna is just so cool and calm and collected. And your Instagram is very well cultivated with thoughts and ideas that aren't tied to, they're tied to nature more than anything else. And I wanted to ask you, how do you go through the day to day? Like, how do you, how do you say, okay, this is what makes me happy? Or this is what, you know, this, how this is, I'm sorry, let me rephrase my question. How would you say, this is where I, this is my happy place? How did you discover your happy place? Because I'm learning a lot of people don't know how to find happy time for themselves and it makes me sad so do you have any tips for people who are saying this is my this is how I found my happy place Mm. okay I want to back up and say that finding your happy place in order to do that 
you must be content by yourself. Mm. So most people are um, overstimulated just by pure like existence <laughs> in this modern world. Mm. Uh, we make, you know, like 7,000 decisions every day. We are bombarded with media, media, media. Um, and the perceived expectations of responding to things. So um, I have a long history of alone time. <laughs> um, but that was due to the fact that my parents were in the military. So I often didn't get the choice, you know, as a child. Um, so I learned to sit with myself and be alone very early. So for me, that's, that's a very normal thing. Mm -hmm. It is not, I realize that it's not normal for everyone. So um, there's some things that happen when you are not okay, so to speak, comfortable with that. One of them is codependency. The mm. other is, um, I would say, a chemical dependency of dopamine. So when you find yourself attracted to checking your phone because mm. you would like a message to be there or, a or a looking at your likes or something like that, what's actually happening is um, you're getting dopamine hits every time you check it and it's there. So the next time you go back, your expectation is connected to the chemistry of what's happening in your brain. Well, you just snatched everyone's edges, Anna, because, <laughs> um, you know, mm -hmm. phone is life, you know, social media is life. And mm -hmm. yeah, you know, it, so we're addicted to the likes. And that's sad. It's really sad. I think it's okay. I think we're going to get better. We're already coming back around. And this is something that you study in, you know, like my master's research was very much about um, that the people, my cohort, some of them were studying Facebook, you know, before it was like cool to study Facebook mm -hmm. <laughs> um, back in 2009 and 10. Um, but I think we're going to be fine. There's definitely a movement to recognize what is authentic and what is not mm -hmm. and the first wave has come <laughs> and so we're we're coming around to that and you know it's funny because you can decide how you want to perceive it and you can decide how you want to um, project mm -hmm. so for instance my Instagram is, you use the word cultivated, thank you. Um, it's, uh, it's aesthetically pleasing. Every one of those photos I have taken or someone I know has taken, my ghost photographer. Okay. <laughs> um, but they are a real person taking them. None of them are bought. And that's my choice. But um, when I look at pictures online, I have pretty much zero assumptions about whether I want it to be real and the energy of what's projected, I feel it. So when I see someone 
holding in their stomach or whatever like I can I can recognize that very easily because I have those senses for people who don't have that I wouldn't worry about it unless it was affecting you negatively and that's where that dopamine those brain chemistry you know chemicals come in if you're starting to compare yourself then you know there's something going on <laughs> um, but if you look at it and you just pass on by that is not harmful in that way so I think what I'm getting at is that we need to take responsibility for ourselves mm -hmm. versus blaming other people for putting out whatever they're putting out I agree with you 1000% <laughs> only because you know at one point in time I was really addicted to Instagram and you know before you realize it it's like oh my phone my phone didn't beep I didn't get any likes I gotta take the picture down what and I'm like when did you turn into a teenage girl so it got to a point <laughs> yeah. where you know I said okay let me mute this let me dis disable my notifications let me disable because at the end of the day I'm putting out content that I know is useful and some days I'm being silly and sometimes being silly is okay as well but you know it's finding that balance of usefulness and fun and that's where you find your authentic place and so my you know one of the things I've learned um with you Anna is figuring out my purpose and balancing my pr productivity and so I want to know if you have any balancing tips that you can give my mm, listeners do I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um Okay, so I, I have a triangle that I, I use to kind of base my coaching on in my life. And Bree has probably heard this, but if you were to look at a triangle that, you know, it looks like a pyramid, at the top it will be beliefs, on the left-hand side it will be behaviors, and then the right-hand side will be results. And that's the first layer of that triangle. And I like to say that that's also an equation. If any one of those are removed and you want to find out what is it that's triggering me to be unbalanced, remove one of those words and look at the relationship and you'll find it. So, so like if your belief was really heavy in one way, mm -hmm. think of it as a weight. If it weighted that triangle down, the pyramid would collapse, right? Mm -hmm. So all of those have to be in harmony. And on the sides of the triangle, they are clarity, consistency, and commitment. Because you can do something consistently and not like it. <laughs> so if you are not committed in that way, then the change isn't going to happen for you. And that balance isn't going to be maintained. So the first thing is to get clear and that may be getting clear about your belief. Like, okay, why do I even have this belief? What What is this thing? Is it my parents? Is it a triggering event that made me kind of go towards that? Um, and once you get clear on that, you can start to say, well, what is, what is this belief? Is it affecting my behavior? Mm. Is it affecting my results? So belief, behaviors, results is the first sort of layer and then the change comes through the clarity, the consistency, and then your commitment to that. And what I want to say, too, is that 
different beliefs serve us in different seasons of our lives. That is true. So, that is so true. What serves? We need not. No, no, no. Ahead. You go. Um, we need not blame ourselves. So, sure, you had this belief. You got into some bad stuff. Um, you hit a low point. It didn't serve you. Yada yada. Yes, that happened. But you are who you are because of that. So let's not shame ourselves and beat ourselves up over the past. <laughs> let's move forward with all that you are. And all that you are includes the bad. You know, it really does. Hmm. No, about I me, mean, this is eye-opening and I'm not sure if the listeners are going to be listening to this on their drive to work in the morning or <laughs> you know on their way home at night but you know I hope no one is like ready to like turn in their resignation letter and be like I'm about to find my clarity and my purpose and you know just you know, just, just the way that you explained it is very well put and um, I want to know if you can share with our listeners where they can find you and what's the best way to get in contact with you okay um, I want to say that my Instagram is going to be changing my, my ghost photographer was my old boyfriend. <laughs> so, um, that is, um, going to be changing, but, um, you can find me on Instagram. That is at heartbeat hive. And, um, I post affirmations and powerful questions there. Um, I may be going live soon on mm-hmm. that platform. Um, but we'll see. You can also find me at my website, which is heartbeathive.com. And you can find all my, uh, my services and about my creative mastermind there as well. Well, I want to just thank you for just being Zen and providing <laughs> tools, um, especially guys, just she has guided me through even if I don't know if you realize it, but the the guidance that you've provided as far as just do it and see what happens. And I'm like, what? You know, mm-hmm. it's no return on investment. You know, that is just anti what I've been taught my whole career. And it's like, you know, um, you know, yeah. I've been podcasting for 90 days. I should have a million followers. You know, I should be, I should have 17 sponsorship. And, and it's like, why, why should you have these things? And I'm like, because Instagram told me I would. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to really look at our thoughts yeah. and our beliefs and say, why do we believe these things for ourselves? So thank you for sharing your story and thank you for giving this information. Um, guys, this is Fabulous Fuckery and this is Brie Hill, um, Baroness Brie. And I thank you for joining us today. And and I thank you for your time. Thank you. Keep your vibration high, guys. Keep it-